Chelsea. Hi, Taryn. How are you? I'm doing good. I miss you. And guess what? I get to see you in 11 days. 11 days. 10 days when, no, less. We're so Nine ahead of days. It. Nine, Nine days. Nine days when, when this, this comes, comes out. out. We're recording wow. this a whole day two early. days <laughs> early. Well, I guess technically two days, but one day really of having it edited and scheduled. But Yeah, it's fine. It's what it It doesn't matter. Kelsey, <laughs> how the heck are you? Tell me all the details of your life. It's been two whole weeks since we've posted an episode. So yeah, give me all the deets. What have you been up to? Yeah, um, it's been it's been hectic a little bit. I surprise went down to St. George. My my brother-in-law's mom had a heart attack, and so he like last minute had to fly out to help take care of her, which left my sister with their two and a half year old and their nine month old, and also she worked full time. So I drove down and helped drop them off and pick them up from daycare and make meals and get them to bed. And mm-hmm. honestly, it was just super, super fun. It's also the first time in like a really long time that I've like hung out with just my sister. Like, cause usually there's other, like there's other family around or at the very least like Tyle is around, which is yeah. not that I'm complaining. Cause I freaking love Tyle. Like I, think I you're love complaining. my brother I think Tyle's going to listen to this. Tyle's going to be like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just kind of fun because I was like, I, I don't know the last time that I've spent like a large amount of time one-on-one with my sister. So it was just kind of fun to catch up, hang out. Mm-hmm. It was like all the good old days when we shared a room my entire childhood and we'd slept and we would giggle and talk and tell stories. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it was very hectic. It was a long drive. So it was like seven hours there, seven hours back, but her mother-in-law is doing great so everything's good, everything's I, good. Tyo, meaning to ask you about that so yeah Tyo just flew home today so oh yay yeah it's been a long 10 days for Kirsten yeah understandably but, yeah overall it's it's been been good just made pumpkin chocolate chip bread it looked so good it was so freaking good Good. I'm glad. I'm glad it was The recipe, not the correct time. Like, cooking time. They were like, yeah, if you do, like, mini loaves, it should be 25 to 35 minutes. Homie, those were in the oven for, like, an hour at least. Like, a long time. Did you do a mini loaf? Yeah, I did mini loaves. Is that? Oh, I didn't realize it was a mini loaf. Uh Uh-huh. I feel like banana bread and pumpkin bread, any of those sweet breads always take so much longer to bake. Then I yeah. think they should. I haven't like, quite mastered that yet. We hit like the 35 and I was like, it looked good. And then I stuck the toothpick in it. It was like the middle is like straight raw, raw. dough. And so it, I don't know. It ended up actually like working out just fine because we cooked it longer and it developed like a nice thick crust, which I actually thought was delicious and delightful. We ate a whole loaf that was like, disintegrating because I did not wait any amount of time for it to like cool and set. Yeah. We just like devoured it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, maybe this recipe sucks. And Coleman's like, maybe you just didn't let the bread set. And so we had one that we put away and then the next day I cut it. I was like, oh, this cuts just like bread. Never mind. I'm just (laughs) crazy. This is fine. Yeah. This is fine. There's the joy. It's the same with like brownies and some cookies like you have to let it set otherwise yeah it just crumbles or 
it I needs to finish like cooking and hot pumpkin chocolate chip bread though like hot bread is so much better than when I it's cool gen- i prefer cold which i know i'm <gasps> i know i'm a problem i know i'm a problem <laughs> I think it tastes so good. I don't know what it is. I mean, it it does. No, it does. It tastes good. Like pumpkin chocolate chip bread, you can't go wrong. It's great no matter what. But it's hot. Mm. (laughs) I'm so Mm. sorry. So sorry to disappoint you. It's fine. Whatever. Anyway, what have you been up to? Chelsea, I feel like this last week has been insane for me. I've had a lot of really fun things. Okay, let's start. So that, that week out, the week our last episode came out, I didn't really do anything. Um, but last week, first off, Tuesday was my anniversary. Or mine and Andrew's three-year anniversary, which was very fun. Um, we went out to dinner. <clears throat> um, the night before, he took me to a, a macar- macaron place. Macaron. Oh my gosh. Macaron. I don't don't oh gosh me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that was super duper fun. I I love a good macaron. So that was fun. And then on our anniversary, we went out to dinner, um, got all dressed up, went and got delicious pastries. If you are in Ooh. the Mesa Gilbert Chandler Phoenix area, okay, and you haven't been to the Sicilian bakery or yeah, bakery connected to the Sicilian butcher which i've heard is very very good um please go they had amazing i got we got a cannoli and a lobster tail which is a which is a pastry it is oh, not a oh, real lobster like, tail it just looks like a lobster combo. tail it just looks like a lobster <laughs> tail um they were both amazing i got a raspberry sh- uh, sorbet andrew got a mm. um salted caramel uh Ooh. gelato the whole thing i like was making myself oh. sick cuz i kept eating it and andrew's like it's okay. You can save it. And I was like, no, it tastes so good. I need to keep eating it. So, so Tuesday good. was super fun. I can't believe it's been three years. I know you and Coleman are at five. So you still like, I just can't believe we are old enough to be married that long. Yeah. It's weird. And you're like having a child. Like so weird. It's just weird. It's just weird. <laughs> um, it's so good, but it's just so weird. I can't forget how. 100%. Have you seen, have you seen that TikTok or that like sound on reels where it's like, um you like it's like so you like this it's like yeah but it's like but you're a guy and it's like people like look in the camera or look in the mirror and then they like scream and people <laughs> like keep putting different things over it and I feel like it's like but you're old and it's like no I'm not it's like yeah you are and I look in the mirror I'm like ha like yeah, <laughs> I'm 27 yeah. what's happening anyway that was on? way too long of an explanation um so that was Tuesday and then last week, I don't know what happened, but I've read three books in the last like two weeks, which oh, they're not dang. long books, but I like flew through. Uh, so something exciting that has happened that I don't think we've mentioned on the podcast, because I think it's happened within the last two weeks. One of our favorite authors, Sarah Eden, who was on our podcast oh, in December. Oh my gosh, we haven't talked about you, this. <gasps> I know, I know, I know. She was on our podcast oh in December. It's one of the greatest moments of my entire life. And I think about it. That is my Roman Empire. I think about that constantly. That um, morning, that morning, <laughs> I full-blown sobbing tears cried. Like, her her announcing that movie back-to-back 
with the trailer mm-hmm. drop of of the of new Percy Jackson, Jackson series. I, it was I a couldn't great day handle in the checked out and overdue household. Okay, um, mm-hmm. so Sarah Eden announced that they are doing a Kickstarter in order to make one of her books, Seeking Persephone, into a movie. We reviewed Seeking Persephone. It was very early on in our podcasting career, so it's not like our best episode ever. But you should read the book anyway. Um, so they announced that they're planning on making the movie. Will you check right now what the dollar amount is I'm, at? I I am right I now. I was you. already. It was it was more than halfway there. I think within five or six days. So I have great faith that this will be made. They have a director. They have a character. They have an actor to play Adam. They have an actor to play Persephone. It is amazing. I'm so excited. Even if it is cheesy, Don't it's care. at least going to be pretty, and I'm going to watch it a kajillion times. So Chelsea and I have both backed the Kickstarter. I've 100%. never backed anything before. My name will be I, in the credits. Both of our names will be in the credits. I'm and so I, excited. that is, Chelsea, did you know that that is a dumb bucket list item of mine? I stole this bucket list item from my friend Brianna, who, like, she wanted to be. Like at the end of the credits when it says like special thanks to, she's like, one day I will be on there. It will, it'll be because I like brought fudge on set or something. Um, not anything important, but I want it. Mm-hmm. And so I have like adopted that bucket list item. I was like, I think that would be very fun. And that'd be so cool. That bucket list item is going to be fulfilled. Our it's names coming. are gonna be in the credits of a it's movie. Coming. And I'm so they're excited. At, they're at a hundred and seventeen thousand out of two hundred thousand. We're going for two hundred. How much how much longer? 17 days to go. Okay. Everybody, I don't care if you don't know who she is. Just go get five bucks. I don't care. I'm begging you. I want this more than anything else in my life right now. (laughs) It's it's insane how badly I want this to happen. If I, I guess so today marks my next month of fun money. I could give another 50 bucks, but I don't oh know. Gosh, I, I know. I know that my 50 is not going to change the course of this film. But anyway, so if you love me or Chelsea or books being made into movies with the complete control of the author, you should go pay for it. This you is, should do it. Just go support option. it. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, that was a whole side point to say, because of that announcement, I picked up The Kiss of a Stranger, which was the first Sarah Eden book I ever read. Read it in a day and a half. And then I read the next one, Friends and Foes, in a day and a half with like homework and full-time school. So I flew through that. And then I actually started the next one. And you're on fall break. So I feel like you're going to just keep cruising. And now I'm on fall break. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So I started the third one. And they make me so happy. These stories make me so happy. So those are the two books that I read. And then so that was reading this week. And then Friday, Chelsea, you already know this, but I'm still freaking out. Friday, I went to the (gasps) V.E. Schwab book event and lost my mind. So it was one thing. I was very proud of myself because I went to this event by myself. I don't like going to things by myself, but I went because I love V.E. Schwab. And I wanted to be there. And it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. And I am not going to stop thinking about it for a while. I am so incredibly stoked to read Threads now. Even more. I'm like very happy that I went to that before I started reading The Fragile Threads of Power. Something that I didn't mention in my 15 voice messages that I sent in our group chat um, that I wanted to tell you is 
somebody asked about the covers and Vishwa was talking about the covers and she mentioned that the reason she loves the new covers is because and like why they went back and redid the old ones. She's like the original covers were at the time very new. They were innovative. Like they were very, very like they're stunning covers and I love them. Beautiful. They're some of my favorite covers. Yes. Um, but she mentioned that that is how the colors on the front, while they are her favorite colors, it's how Kel sees the world. It's because he names the four Londons red, gray, white, and black. Mm-hmm. Now with the new main, like this new cast coming in with this main character, I'm now blanking on her name because is I because I'm too excited. Um, she sees the world in this range of colors because she sees the threads of power. So the Ooh. old covers were how Kel saw the world, and these new covers is how this new character sees the world. Doesn't that make you love it so much more? <sighs> also, I... Chelsea, did you buy the new covers yet? I bought. I wasn't going to. Okay, let me tell you this. She also told us they will be coming out in hardback next year. Okay, so that you changes get, things for me. Yes. So you can get, I, part of me is very upset because I got the paper, I got all of the paperback set. But honestly, probably what I'll do is I'll buy a new hardcover set and I will gift my books to somebody because I love this series so much that I will gift so an entire good. trilogy. Because some of the things I was like, I, like, it's not going to match. I don't want to do it. I already own copies. So it's like, I'll just keep. Like the old, the original trilogy in the old, and then I'll just start collecting new ones in, in the new. Yes. And I was, because then I was like, maybe I don't buy Fragile Threads of Power until it comes out in paperback, and I nope. maybe I do buy it. And no, nope. I'm not. Now, this is, there you ooh, go. Ooh. So I meant to tell you that the other day, but I totally forgot. And so there you go. Wow. So the original trilogy will be coming out with those new covers in hardcover to match the Fragile Threads of Power. And wow. I'm so excited. Fascinating information. Yeah. But it was just there. I genuinely, I've talked to Chelsea about this before. I have an irrational fear of meeting my favorite people like that are, that are famous. I don't know if I've said that in mm-hmm. so many words to you. I think just because of how polarized society is like there's, part of me there's a part of me that doesn't actually want to get to know people that I respect and look up to because I'm so terrified of them not liking not me not living up well not living up and being like oh you're like you don't agree with everything that I that I agree with and so we're, I don't actually like you as a person which I know <sighs> is such a stretch cuz when am I going to meet somebody and have a long conversation and a uh, uh, conversation enough with them to be like, I actually hate you. So that's why I'm very aware it's irrational. And so going to these book events, sometimes it's like worrisome that I'm like, is this person not going to be what I like imagine them to me, imagine them to be because I know that I don't actually know these people at all, but <laughs> V lived up to all of that. Like it was the coolest. It was just so fun to hear like her thought process and everything. It was just cool. I loved it. So if you, if there are still seats open near you, like to anybody, like just go, it was so cool. That's all. Sorry. I just talked way too long, but that was just this week. I read, I read three books. I had my anniversary. I went to this book event 
And then now I'm on fall break and I am stoked. So excited for fall break. I need, I need to sleep for the next three days straight. And then I'll probably feel a lot better. I also convinced Chelsea to download Baldur's Gate 3, which was a great win in my book. Because <laughs> now I can just, she screen shares with me and I just watch her play because I can't get it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I, yeah. Am I about to spend way too much time playing that game? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Is it potentially problematic and going to destroy my life? Yeah, for sure. But it's so fun. But at the same time, <laughs> there's worse things. It's all good. There's worse. There's, <laughs> I, yeah. I've had, I've already had like a couple points where I just like bombed, uh, bombed like a, a check. And I'm mm-hmm. like, so clearly, so clearly there's something going on here. And I can do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, so clearly, if I had speak to animals, I could get the information I need. Like, it's literally, the name of this thing is Strange Cow. It's like, <laughs> I, I passed the, my arcane check to be like, something about this feels off. But I can't talk to him. So I can't talk to the Strange Cow. So that's fine. But it, yeah, I it's mean, been super fun. isn't that life? <laughs> You realize That's the cow's fine. weird. Can't talk to the cow. Can't talk to the cow. So. I'm so excited <sighs> to hear all of your adventures with that. Yeah. But... Chelsea, should we talk about this very strange little book that we read? Chelsea Probably. doesn't want to. Probably, <laughs> but I don't want to. I think this is the first time that Chelsea has, <sighs> like, hated a book that I was, like, I didn't mind Actively it. disliked actively disliked i feel like i'm just gonna get us ahead of this for now all right mm-hmm. we're reviewing Coraline. yep by neil gaiman it is classified as middle grade horror that is a thing that should not exist should not exist <laughs> it has a 4.11 on goodreads i gave it a two and a half overall i just need that i just need to get ahead of that i gave it a two and a half and i feel like i was being generous so your Chelsea doesn't so like cool. Chelsea doesn't like spooky things. And I when we originally I don't know if I suggested this or you suggested this because we were just like, oh, what would be like a fun different kind? Because October, welcome to October. We October yes. is our only themed month of the year. Yes. We love October because we read our our definition of spooky books. Which is a lot of classic horror or like mm-hmm. spooky because then it vibes. isn't actually so like we've read the Phantom of the Opera, we did the Strange Case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, we did Frankenstein, Dracula. Like we read mm-hmm. more classics in October than we do the rest of the year combined. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Which Hands is really down. funny. So the, and then we always end the month with reading a twilight book and so this at the end of this month will be eclipse next week shocker we're reading a v.e. schwab book sorry not sorry (laughs) it's a it's very well timed but we're starting off the month with Coraline. i don't remember who suggested Mm -hmm. it but i don't i found out like two weeks ago that chelsea has neither read this book or seen the movie so she went into this completely blind i have read the book and seen the movie so i knew exactly what i was getting into 
And so I enjoyed it just because I'm like, I know what the, like, I know what the book was about. Okay. I knew, like, generally, like, I knew that there was, like, this doppelganger world. And I knew that you knew you were in the other world when they had the creepy buttons over their eyes. Mm -hmm. That's the extent of what I knew about this book. That's it. That is everything I knew. I did forget how scary this was. So I don't know what grade I read it. I think I was in junior high when I read this. And... Knowing junior high me, I don't know how I read this book because it would have spooked the crap out of me. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So let's do a quick, for those of you who don't know what Coraline is, Coraline is is the story of an 11 year old girl who moves into a new house with her family. It is just before the school year starts. So she's very bored. She just runs around and explores and she finds a door in her house that leads to a different world. She goes through it and then she comes across what they refer to as her other mother. It is like a doppelganger of her parents, except they have buttons on their eyes. And so she gets spooked. She goes back and then an adventure ensues as she has to go and complete little tasks and make her way back to save some important people in her life. So that's kind of the premise of the book. It's a little spooky. Yeah. I didn't, there were, there were parts that I completely forgot about that I was like, oh yeah, that was, that was horrifying. If I think about this yeah. too long, that's horrifying. <laughs> no. But hey, at least it's, no. at least it is marked as horror and it isn't just like, here's a fun book for your kids. That is not marked as horror. Here's the thing. This is my, my number one beef with this book. Number one beef. What audience is this written for? Please pray tell. Because it says it's middle grade. The story written like it's for little children. Content-wise, this is the crap of nightmares. This is, I literally wrote in my notes, what is this nightmare of a book and why does it exist? That is one of my notes. I don't understand it because it's so disturbing on so many levels. So I think that's like my number one confusion is I don't understand who this is marketed to. Slash. It's marketed to kids because she he they Why? I don't know if your book had it. I my copy is a tenth anniversary edition. And so there's a whole like story at the beginning where Neil Gaiman like explains why he wrote this book. And like oh, the house that Coraline that. lives in is a house that they lived in. Like he took a lot of inspiration that from that. That makes it so much creepier. <laughs> I mean he kind of like moves stuff around, but like <laughs> Imagine moving into this new house and your dad's telling you this horrifying story about the house you just moved into. They didn't live there by the time that this was published. He started it for his older daughter and finished it when his younger daughter was actually old enough to read it. Mm -hmm. But then they made us... Honestly, the book itself, like, I think what makes it creepier is having the... Like, look, I don't like spooky and I don't like stop motion. So the fact that the Coraline movie is a stop like a, is a claymation, claymation. Like, yeah that's what spooks me more Mm-mm. Mm-mm. yeah never seen that movie reading the book has only solidified my resolve to never watch that movie ever it sounds like we read like a stephen king novel we read Honestly, a middle grade I would rather novel. I would no, rather read a Stephen King novel no, than this book wouldn't. again. 
Hey, next year, Chelsea, we're reading a Stephen King novel and we'll both die. (laughs) I'm telling you, I would rather read Stephen King than this thing. Okay. I love this USA Today review on the back of my book. It says, not since Narnia has the simple act of opening a door unlocked such a fantastic journey. And not since Alice tumbled down the rabbit hole has the journey been so splendidly strange and frightening. Walk through the door and you'll believe in love, magic, and the power of good over evil. I do. So one of, the, no. one of the points that he did make in the preface uh, for my 10th anniversary edition, um, he did make a comment about how he wanted it, this to be a story that would help his daughters be brave. And so I looked for that as I read. And I do think like he did communicate that very well of you're going to find yourself in moments in your life where you are so scared, but you have to keep going. And so I think that he very well showed that like Coraline in these very scary and very daunting experiences was able to have the heart and bravery to push through and to save like important people. So if that makes you feel any better about it, I guess, I guess I'll (laughs) allow it. Still never going to let my children read this, but like, that's okay. I get it. So Chelsea, what did you think of, I know we've kind of talked about this. What did you think of Mm -hmm. the plot? Uh, I gave it, I gave it a three out of five. Uh, The plot itself, I feel like here's, okay, here's what the thing for me is. The plot is actually a solid, scary plot, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's there. I just feel like the the marketing towards a younger audience with, like, the weird, much creepy, I don't know. It just doesn't mesh for me. And so I feel like the plot almost would have been better. Honest, or, or honestly, less creepy. It would have been less creepy if this had not been written in such like a childlike for children way. It did it that it did add a level of eeriness to it yeah. seeing this because I think me as an adult reading this knew very well that there was so much more going on around her that she wasn't noticing because she's 11 years old. And so mm-hmm. I think that did add a layer of horror to it being like what else is this little girl missing that I'm now imagining in my mind? So it was interesting that like the way the simplicity with which it was written made it a little spookier for me. Yeah. But I gave the plot four stars. I think that it was, I, I, I don't want to say I liked this book, but I liked this book. I think (laughs) if you are a teeny, like a little middle grade who wants a spooky, like I'd rather give this to you than like the stories we tell in the dark or like scary stories in the dark or whatever that other one that made me cry when I was a kid. Obviously Coraline didn't or otherwise I just completely blacked out and don't remember any of it. But (laughs) I think the plot was good. I think it was to combine a lot of things. I think it was well paced. The whole book is it's a hundred and something pages, but it's like the book is like four inches tall. Yeah. 162 pages. Yeah. It's a, it's a very short read. Not many words on a page. So there's pictures that are drawn in throughout it that are terrifying. So creepy. So this, this is, is not a very be illustrated. I think, I think the whole book is like a four-hour audio book. So it's very yeah. quick. Yeah. What did you think about the world building specifically with like the the two houses? 
The world building, I, so I, again, gave it a three out of five. I felt like there were elements of it, like this idea of the mirrored world of, of it being created by the other mother and it kind of fading into nothingness, Mm -hmm. which maybe that was a small spoiler, but like this idea of it, I actually found very interesting. I feel like, again, because it's four children, like very basic, there's like a lot of questions that I still have about what the heck is going on in this world. Where did this crap come from? Uh, yeah, there was just there was still a lot that goes unexplained by the end of the book. So I kind of yeah, you don't get like an origin story of this spooky nature. It just kind of happens you don't even and- you don't even get explained like what the other mother's powers are. Like you don't, I, I, you don't even understand the magic system. You don't understand the like totally how the worlds are connected. Like there's just a lot that's not explained. So I kind of struggled with that. But this idea of the mirror worlds with mirrored people, I did think was very interesting. I gave it a four stars. I so I kind of went into this again, knowing more about it than you did. This story very much feels like a Grimm's fairy tale of like, oh, if you're not, if you don't put your stuff away, if you don't go play and have fun, like the, I'm just going to send you off to the other mother and she'll take care of you and you won't be able Mm. to come back and she's going to put buttons on your eyes. It feel, yeah, I, well, yeah, I'm not going to talk to my freaking (laughs) child like that, but apparently everybody did way long ago. Okay, but like some of the, like that horror aspect of su- of a seemingly light story felt very Grimm's fairy tales, Hans Christian Andersen. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of the vibe I could, that I was. That I, I was could one hundred percent see. Like I think if I if I'd had that mindset going in, I probably wouldn't have minded as much. But I think going in because I was expecting a full fleshed out book, I wasn't I wasn't reading it like a fairy tale or an allegory. And I feel like that definitely changes things on how you would perceive it. But me going in expecting a book, I was like, eh. Eh. Yeah, so so as far as world building, it does feel like very like clipped out of one longer story, which I don't really mind that much, especially considering it's a children's book. Like there's not going to be like this in-depth like, hey, here's all the details of, of this creature that is like haunting you basically so i gave the world building a four what do you think about uh, Coraline's character development um i actually gave the character development a four i feel like she definitely consciously learns a lot about herself throughout this journey and a lot about life and her relationship with her parents and what she wants out of life like she definitely learns a lot Mm mm-hmm and some of the things, decisions that she makes early in the book, I quite literally highlighted in this book and said, what What are you doing? What are you doing? You stupid 11-year-old girl. It is an 11-year-old, <laughs> so. I've been an 11-year-old girl, and I can tell you I would not have made the choices <laughs> she made. But she does learn. She does learn. She does learn a lot. So I did give it a 4 out of 5. I also gave it a 4 out of 5. I think... I think he very accurately showed a an 11-year-old who, like, I loved, there were the comments about when she's like, dad, is this food or is this a recipe? 
And he's like, it's a recipe. She's like, I don't like it when you make recipes. And it's Stop just making like recipes. such an 11 year old thing of like, you added garlic to this. It's now a recipe. Ew. And I'm not going to eat it. Like, I think he portrayed an 11 year old very well. And I think there is a realistic level of, of growth um, between the beginning and the end, which like all of this happens within like a few days. And so I'm not expecting her to be completely different, but there's a specific line closer to the end of the book that I'll read in our more spoiler section that I really liked. I think it, I, I, yeah, I, I really liked some of her change. There, there's the actually quite a few a quotes in here that I really liked that I felt like were, I, I only wrote a couple of them down, but I definitely like, there are a few things I highlighted that I was like, oh, that is an interesting like, I, I like that I, that concept. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and then the last thing is pacing. Like, I, it's a quick book. It's, I think it's well paced. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's a single boring moment in this book. 100%. I, yeah, I gave it a four and a half. I read it in one sitting. Um, yeah, I could have read it in one sitting if I hadn't, like, yeah, it was thinking like, up at times that I was busy. It's just such a short book. It's hard to, like, screw up the pacing that much when it's that yeah. quick. But it could like so. it could feel too fast, and I don't think That's that true. it felt too fast. I think it was well paced mm-hmm. for a middle grade, where I feel like it has similar pacing to like Fable Haven, where it does like things happen way quicker than like it ever would in a YA novel. But that's yeah, we need we need to keep it going. We can't stay here for forever. We got to keep going. So I think it yeah. was well paced. I know everyone's in their head is like Chelsea. You gave plot a three, world building three, character development four, and pacing a four and a half. How does that math equal two and a half out of five overall? And I'm telling you, vibes. It's the vibe. That's girl math. Girl math. It's book girl math. I don't need to explain it. Overall, two and a half. Sorry. (laughs) I gave it a four stars overall. Um, Is this my favorite book I've ever read? No, but I think that it was a good book. And... If I had a kid that was into spooky crap, then I'd be like, sure, I'll let you read it. The thing to me is, I feel like if I'm giving it a three, it's like, it's worth reading. I recommend it. Like four and five, like definitely recommend you should read this book. I just can't picture a situation in ever in my life in which I'm like, you know what book you should read? Coraline. I just don't, I can't fathom a situation in which those words come out of my mouth. But what if somebody came to you and it's like, hey, I really want like a very simple middle grade, like spooky book for Halloween. Do you have a book recommendation? And you'd still say no? You're looking at me like you'd still say no. I'm like, I'm just, I can't fathom ever having that call. Like, who's (laughs) saying that? I would be like, yeah, go read like. Here's the thing. My niece, Sage, she's nine years old. Her favorite Halloween movie is A Nightmare Before Christmas. She Mm. loves that movie. She thinks it's so cool. They like Mm. spooky stuff. So I, when, in a couple years, I think Sage would actually really enjoy this book. I, I would not stop my child from reading this. Like if my son comes home someday with Coraline, he's like, (laughs) mom, I'm so excited. I love spooky books. Look what I have. I would be like, bless your soul. When you have nightmares at 2 a.m., do not come Don't come into my room. <laughs> I don't need it because I will get nightmares and then we'll both be scared and nothing I would will be fall, solved. I would fall asleep with buttons on over my eyes <laughs> <laughs> just to scare my kid. 
Oh, oh man. No. Don't let me be yeah. a mother. Okay. <laughs> um, overall, I gave it a four stars. I think it was fun. And I, and I really liked it going into it with that pre like that. I can't remember what that like note at the beginning is called, but like that mm-hmm. note from that, the author of like thinking about it as a fairy tale, seeing Coraline overcome something that's so scary and so, so hard. And then having that affect how she sees the world. I thought that it was very good. And I liked it. There are a few like specific things that I would like to speak about. I was like, I have, I have a lot of very specific things I want to talk about. So I really want to get into the spoiler yep. section. Okay. You're oh, all amazing. Really quick, Thank you for being here. Oh yes. Go. You don't have to, you don't even have to read the book to get to the best part. The best part of the book, in my personal opinion, right after the dedication page, she has a little quote mm-hmm. that says, fairy tales are more than true. Not because they tell us that dragons exist, but because they tell us that dragons can be beaten. That is the best part of the book. You don't have to read it anymore. (laughs) I think you should still read it. (laughs) I did. I just, I highlighted that quote. I actually really, really liked that quote. I really like that quote too. So. Okay. Can I share one thing? One more thing from the V.E. Schwab book event? Somebody asked a question and I can't remember exactly what it was, but um, V was talking about the different kind of fantasy books. And she said, there are two main things like fantasy thoughts. There are like, there are the Tolkien's who are the only place you will ever experience middle earth is in, is in the Lord of the mm-hmm. Rings books. Like nowhere else in the real, in the real world are you going to experience this. It's like, and then there are also the, then there are the Lewis's where when we were kids, all of us believed that if we just opened the right door in our house, that we would be able to go to Narnia. And she talked about in her book, she wants you to question your reality and for a moment believe that magic is real. And this is one of those books where I'm like, this is straight up like. Yes. This if, is like a, a Lewis, Lewis Stonian yeah, like, book. If I, <laughs> Lewis Stonian, I, I have brief glimpses of memories of like thinking like if I open that door is it going to go into a tunnel and like this creepy like creature is going to be on the other side there's that moment where you question reality and that's this kind of book I thought that was such like I had never heard about fantasy like split into that and it was so cool so I'm anyway, picturing my last like the internal dialogue of like 11 year old Chelsea having read Narnia and having read this book and coming across an unexplained door and being like do I open it and risk the wrath of creepy other mother? But or also, the chance if I don't open it. <laughs> but if I don't open it, what if it goes to Narnia? And I can just picture myself like standing in front of this door for like hours. Folds of like, yeah, being existential like, crisis. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yep, I love it. Okay, Chelsea, anyway. do you have an Octobery snack that our friends should eat this week? Oh, we talked about it earlier. I feel like everyone should do oh, yeah. like a pumpkin treat. Either like pumpkin pump- something. Pumpkin chocolate pumpkin chip spice bread. latte, pumpkin bread, pumpkin, pumpkin bread, muffins, cookies. pumpkin s'mores, pumpkin cookies. You could just chomp on yeah. a real pumpkin. I wouldn't recommend, but it is an yeah, option. Yeah, if you pumpkin if you pie. were a bump- pumpkin seed baker, I know some people bake the seeds. Okay, well you're all amazing. If you want to stick around for the spoilers, then stick around. But everybody else have a wonderful week. And Chelsea, sound the alarm. How are you doing, Chelsea? (laughs) This book. Why? Why would I? Can I just, early on, early on in this book, 
there's a point she's come, I think she's come back from her first visit and she's at the, the two old ladies house and they're like reading her tea, her tea leaves, her tea leaves. And the one lady's like, you're in danger. And literally it says in danger, thought Coraline to herself. It sounded exciting. It didn't sound like a bad thing. Not really. And I was like, excuse me, do you know the definition of in danger? That is inherently a bad thing. I love it. Oh. Those ladies and the guy upstairs were so questionable. Mm-hmm. Even in the normal world, we're, we're a little weird. Oh, 100%. And I do know, like... It is really interesting the way that Neil Gaiman writes this. And I do remember them portraying this in the movie pretty well. Because we're seeing these characters for the first time through Coraline's eyes. And so they do Mm -hmm. feel just like weird old ladies and a weird stinky guy from upstairs. But then at the end of the book, when we see them again, they're very sweet. And literally nothing has changed in the last 24 hours other than Coraline's perspective. And I think that that was really well, like, that was executed really well. Yeah, I, I 100% there? agree. Because, I, like, literally when they we first get introduced to Mr. Bobo, excuse me, can we talk about that name? Can we appreciate the fact that Coraline was like, if I had known that that was his name earlier, I would have said <laughs> it all the time because it's such a fun it's name. such a funny name. Yeah, no, when she first meets him and he's like... I have a mouse. I have mice upstairs. They're going to perform a show. And I was like, you need to move. We haven't even gotten to other mother yet. We haven't even touched that. That already is like, red flag. We need to move. This is not okay. But it's fine. It's whatever. It's fine. I do think that it was, there are some interesting topics that are throughout this. The movie I know does... Coraline spends more time with the other mother in the movie. And I think that they, that was a good idea for them to do that because in the book, it's very brief that she's over there and she kind of almost like quickly realizes that something's off. But in the movie, if I remember correctly, she's there for a while and is having the time of her life. Like she loves being there and then she wants to go back and then it's the same thing of like, no, why do you want to go? And so I think that it's the Coraline has this moment. I'm on page 104 and she says, Coraline says something. Oh, she's, she's going through this like trial of she's finding the souls in order to go back, which first off she, when she got through thrown in that chat, like dresser or that, uh, in the mirror. Yeah. With those three other kids, like Mm -hmm. souls, terrifying, Mm -hmm. terrifying. So creepy. But she finds two of them and she tells the other mother, like, hey, I found two of them. And she's like, wow, good job. One still sold to go. And she's like, I just thought you should know. And it says, thank you, Coraline, said the other mother coldly. And her voice did not just come out of her mouth. It came from the mist and the fog and the house and the sky. And she said, you know that I love you. And then it's this paragraph. And she said, and despite herself, Coraline nodded. It was true. The other mother loved her, but she loved Coraline as a miser loves money or a dragon loves its gold. In the other mo- mother's button eyes, Coraline knew that she was a possession and nothing more, a tolerated pet whose behavior was no longer amusing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like that's such a mature realization for a an 11-year-old of 
where is this balance between loving and obsession? What does it mean to truly love somebody? Like, what are you willing to do when you love them versus using love as a guise to like just own and control something? And I know that's way too deep for a middle grade horror book, but like I, I thought that that. But he says really, it pretty clearly. Like that's the thing does, with some yeah. of these quotes is like he says stuff very like has some very good points that he says very directly. Mm-hmm. Like at one point, she even I don't even know what's going on right here, but I I highlighted which like she preferred the other mother to have a location. If she was nowhere, then she could be anywhere. And after all, it is always easier to be afraid of something you cannot see. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, Neil, why, why you gotta be dropping? There were some like, and I didn't like even that. highlight all of them because I just, I just didn't. But another one that I thought was really interesting, I do think that like Coraline's how she learns in the second half of the book is really admirable. She also has this moment when she's upstairs with the creepy rat guy, so creepy. So creepy. That drawing is so terrifying. But she says, so this, the mice are speaking to her through this man and they're saying like, come here, little girl. I know what you want, little girl. And what if you do everything you swore you would? What then? Nothing's changed. You'll go home. You'll be bored. You'll be ignored. No one will listen to you. Not really listen to you. You're too clever and too quiet for them to understand. They don't even get your name right. And then go on like, stay here with us. We will listen to you and play with you and laugh with you. Your other mother will build whole worlds for you to explore and tear them down every other night when every night when you are done. Every day will be better and brighter than the one that went before. Remember the toy box? How much better would would a world be built just like that and all for you? And Coraline responds and says, and will there be gray, wet days where I just don't know what to do and there's nothing to read or to watch or nowhere to go and the day drags on forever, said Coraline. And from the shadows, the man said, never. And will there be awful meals made with food made from recipes with garlic and tarragon and broad beans and inside, asked Coraline. Every meal will be a thing of joy. Nothing will pass your lips that does not entirely delight you. And could I have dayglow green gloves to wear and yellow Wellington boots in the shape of a frog? Frogs, ducks, rhinos, octopuses, anything you desire. The world will be built new for you every morning. If you stay here, you can have whatever you want. That was a long introduction for this one line. And it says, Coraline said, you really don't understand, do you? I don't want whatever I want. Nobody does. Not really. What kind of fun would it be if I just got everything I wanted just like that? And it didn't mean anything. What then? And they're like, oh, I don't understand. Of course you don't understand. You're just a bad copy she made of the crazy old man upstairs. And then, and then like she gets the rats and anyway, I just think it's so interesting of like realizing, I think when we're kids, we think we want whatever we want mm-hmm. and that that would solve all of our problems. But then get, you realize that getting everything you want doesn't actually fix anything. The reason yeah. her parents are strict or don't let her go do whatever she wants is because there's a budget. They have jobs, like they have things that they have to do and they want her to be safe and, ha- and like have fun. But I feel like we all had this moment growing up where we realized like, oh, Getting what I want doesn't actually fix all of my problems. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just talked no. about that. No, I definitely, because I also highlighted that exact quote too of her saying, I don't want whatever I want. And she has a couple like really good epiphanies because the other big one that I think comes back multiple times is she tells this story about uh, like a flashback to her and her dad going on a walk. 
and they step on like a wasp's nest mm-hmm. and oh he's gosh, like you yeah. run and then he stays he like stands there for a second because he knew if we both run we'll both get stung but if i stay they'll stay me instead of Coraline. and when they got back and he was like all hurt and stuff it says and he said um she's talking out loud and she's like my dad said that wasn't brave of him doing that just standing there and being stung said Coraline to the cat it wasn't brave because he wasn't scared it was the only thing he could do but going back again to get his glasses when he knew the wasps were there when he was really scared that was that was brave and then it it cuts down and she says because she said when you're scared but you still do it anyways that's bravery and I was like and she does that exact thing right like Mm -hmm. she leaves the initial time she goes to the other like the mirror world her leaving is like that's just like what else was she gonna do but then her parents being taken and having to go back I loved that it was like this exact story that she tells is exactly what she has to do. She knows that it's going to be terrifying and she knows that bad things could happen, but she goes anyway to save her parents. And she deals with some like really creepy stuff down to like finding those kids souls being trapped, realizing that she is in that exact cycle that they're all stuck there for Mm -hmm. to going back into each of the places to get the soul, little soul beads. But the other mother being like, here's a key. You should go check that house. And she has to like go down into the basement where. Oh my gosh. Where it's just the. Is. It's just like the. Decaying. The, it's just like the. It's not even a person. It's just what she used to make him is what's whatever left. That is means. what left over. Yeah. Whatever that means. It was terrifying. Yeah, there's just, even on her first visit when she was like, this is fun. Like her very first visit before she's left and been like, this is maybe a creepy place. When she goes to the two two crazy lady neighbors Mm -hmm. who had been on Broadway and they put on this show for the dogs. Yeah. And then she's like, and then they opened their coat, but not only their coat, their faces. And I was like, no, no. Why are you, why are you still sitting through this show? Their face just opened. You should be screaming and running away. Anyway, not the point. She goes through some like pretty creepy, crazy stuff. And she keeps continuously making the choice to stay and help those three other kids, even though she didn't really need to, go save her parents because she tried to call the police because I was like, freaking call the police. And then she did. And I was like, oh, shockingly, a good decision. That didn't work. But that also that didn't I was work. Like, they didn't even do a, like a what is it called when they go a they do like check? A, a wellness check. They didn't do a wellness check. Call me. Eleven year old just called you, reporting her parents missing. And yeah, her story sounds crazy, but you should have at least done a wellness check, good sir. Anyway, <laughs> that policeman is bad at his job, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just goes through a lot, and I think you. You viewing this as, like, a fairy tale, knowing the author's note of, like, wanting to portray this story of being brave, I could absolutely see that. Personally think there are better ways to convey a message of bravery than what this is, but, like, I see it. It's really interesting because you, we just read Fable Haven of, like, not that long ago, and, like, what's the, what's the boy's name? Seth. Seth. 
Seth goes out into the woods and sees a gnarled old woman gnawing on a rope to the point where her, like, her gums are bleeding. That's fine. And that's (laughs) fine for you. But her walking into a a magical world and realizing there's a monster is Mm -hmm. too much. (laughs) Okay, it's it's the subtle tones and the the target demographic that really trips me up. They're targeted to the same age group. They're not. They are not. Oh my gosh. Yes, Fablehaven is a middle grade. I'm Googling this. Ignore my typing sounds. I, I understand that, but I just, I'm telling you, this upper, is His is upper elementary school kids. Okay? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's the be same. This is this middle sh- grade. It's the same I don't know. Thing. I don't know, Taryn. <laughs> I don't know why this book horrified me deep in my soul, but it did. And that's it allowed. Did. I am just calling you out because I just... I just want to understand. No, but I, I completely understand. I feel like there, I have the same thing with different books where I'll read it and I'll be like, that was completely unacceptable. Why is that allowed? And other people are like, that was so like it minor. Like, what are you talking about? I, I don't know. It, it was like the subtle, the eerie, malevolent creature lurking over your shoulder. Like when she gets back and she has the dream with the with the three kids and they're all like, Yay, thank you for freeing us. She's like, I'm just glad it's over. And the one kid goes, Yeah, it's over and done for us. And I was like, Excuse me? Excuse me? I don't need that kind of energy in my eleven year old life. No. But it was it was settled by the end of the book. It was. She it outsmarts the creepy, the creepy little hand. hand. And it takes I've, minutes before it plops into the bottom. It ain't coming out of there. Yeah, I. it's fine. But yeah, that I, because I was getting to it and I was like, oh, this is wrapped up nicely. And I was like, oh, the last like 10 pages must just be right. No. And then it was like, and then by the way, there's a hand that's just going to haunt you for the rest of your days. I was like, cool, 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 cool. And the artwork in this book of the little hand, not a vibe. Not a great vibe. Look at this spider. I also hate spiders, and I feel like it's got a spider spider hand vibe, so that didn't do it. And even when she does beat it, and she's like, yay, it really is done. And then it, like, ends. Like, the last scene is, like, as the first stars came out, Coraline finally allowed herself to drift into sleep, while the gentle upstairs music of the mouse circus spilled out onto the warm evening air, telling the world that the summer was almost done. No, we didn't eat the mouse circus. Mouse circus is creepy. But the mice, the mouse, the 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 Mises said it was fine. The Mises <laughs> said everything was okay. So that so you know that it's all good because the Mises said it was okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it still was creepy. <laughs> it's still a hard. You know, there were a lot of like real world things that weren't just like weren't explained, like the talking mice and the cat. Mm-hmm. It's like from where traveling between worlds. I did think the yeah. cat was pretty funny. I actually did really like the cat. The cat was a level of comedic relief that I think we needed. Yeah, I feel like the, the cat was was the most reasonable character in this book to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Snarky. Snarky cat. And I loved him. We stand a snarky cat. We stand a snarky cat. Anyway. Well, Chelsea, thanks for reading this with me. 
I think yeah. of all ranking it of our two other years of Halloween episodes, where do you rank it in spook level? In spook level? Or any any of your like thoughts. Like genuine genuine spook level. This is the creepiest book that we have read for the podcast. Like <laughs> hands down, not a competition for me. Okay. Hands down. If you'd asked me that before this, I probably I probably would have said Dracula. Dracula was very eerie. I it it was a lot darker than I thought it was going to be and there was I think one of the reasons why it was so spooky is because of how slow it was. Yes. Like it was, so slow. it was definitely like you never knew when something bad was going to happen and so yeah. I think that is I also read it in a cabin in the middle of the woods which I think was just oh, bad for Oh. Yeah, that would add that would add a yeah. level of of creepiness. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, this is definitely of all of the books that we've read for the podcast. Like even even like House of Salt and Sorrow that I felt like was like had some real good creepy vibes. I love that book. I I had to read this book. Like I read it in one sitting. Yes, because it's short, but I read it in one sitting because I was like, I cannot go to sleep without this being resolved. I will have nightmares of this. I know myself well enough to know like for some reason. Like House and Salt and Sorrow, Fable Haven, like those are all disconnected enough from reality for some reason. I don't know why, but like I could I could put it down and be like That's this fair. is a fun book. I'll come back to this book. This felt like reading an omen. It was like, if you don't get this curse broken, it will haunt you for your days. And the only way <laughs> to break the curse was to finish the book. Well, That's what I'm it really, felt like. I'm really proud of you for finishing the book, canceling out that omen. You can perform the cleansing rites after this, and you may burn the book if you would like to. <laughs> we did talk about that before we started recording. Just I, like, did, I, I feel like, like I could burn this book. <laughs> I feel like it's like a Ouija board where it's like inherently inviting evil spirits into my home or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, I love it, love. Chelsea. I love. Anyway. I love your passion. <laughs> sorry if this. Is, if anyone's listening, it's like I love Coraline. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to tear down your book and I'm sure that there are people who love this book out there. And I'm so happy for you that you found a book you love. This is just not for me. It's just not my vibe. That's all. That's okay. Well, two weeks from now, we're going to talk about another book where a little girl goes to a dark magical world. (laughs) I didn't realize how like how correlated like these two books are. It's very different target audience, very different storyline, but a very similar premise, which is very interesting. And then two weeks after that, we'll talk about how a not so little girl um, makes Just poor makes decisions, questionable life choices in eclipse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited! Oh, oh man. man, you guys are great. Thanks for being here. That's all. That's all I got. Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll okay, see you bye. in two weeks. Okay, bye. <laughs>